Tonight on Fig Tree Watchers, we're back in the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to ask this question, is a lack of love the real issue in your life? Is a lack of love the real issue in your life? That's next here on Fig Tree Watchers, so stay tuned. And uh, as always, we want to say welcome to everyone. Tonight as we're uh, sending out invites Send one out to your friends and family. Let them know that we are live here on Fig Tree Watchers. We're going to be going through the Gospel of Mark. We're finishing up chapter 9 tonight, uh, verses 42 through 50. So it's going to be a really good night, and we want to welcome you all. Uh, as always, uh, here on Fig Tree Watchers, we want to remind you that you can listen to the replay of this live broadcast uh, tomorrow on Instagram, uh, the lives are always saved. And then you can also listen to it on podcast form on all the major platforms, including Amazon Music, uh, our newest uh, um, podcast platform that we are now on. And so it is a good thing. And we just want to invite you all to view all those platforms, um, whether whatever you're on. Um, we also want to... Um, mention a couple other things um some housekeeping things that that have come up and we want to bring to your attention um number one this week our schedule is going to be kind of messed up a little bit and uh, uh for a couple reasons um my partner io on uh, friday night is going to be gone and so we're going to move friday night prophecy to thursday and Topical Thursday will be on Wednesday. So we're going to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week with the live Bible studies. Uh, we didn't want to cancel anything. We wanted to keep them going. Uh, so that is for your benefit. And um, and then Friday, there won't be a study. I'll be back on Saturday with Saturday Apologetics. And we'll go from there. And so we hope this helps you out a little bit. The time schedule on thursday will also change it will be at 9 p.m pacific standard time we're going to send out a little reminder on that so you don't have to panic but we wanted to let you know that as well so god bless you all and uh, thank you so much for joining us Uh, it's going to be a, a very interesting study tonight. And uh, before we get involved on that, I, I do want to pray. And um, I've got some prayer requests. And uh, so those of you who are with me tonight, um, pray with me. Uh, number one, it's for my mom. Uh, we're asking everyone to pray for my mom. Um, she's really having a tough time um, with visual concepts that are going on in her life. So please uh, keep her in your prayer. Um, she's struggling with memory issues and so forth. So um, just pray that, that God touches her and gives her clarity um, and um, a good understanding. The next thing that we want to do is we want to pray for um, uh, Victoria's brother who's going to uh, be running some, some tests and may have to be hospitalized. Uh, we're going to pray for his healing as well. So dear God, we come to you with so many needs, God. Um, so many prayer requests. Uh, Lord, we know that you answer prayer. God, um, I, I'm thinking about my my Chinese brother who is um, 
he is he's going in for tests on on his colon, Lord, and um, I, I prayed for him today at work. Uh, God, he has such a good heart, and I just pray that Lord, you would heal him, God, um, as he gets ready for those tests with the doctor and to find out the results. We pray for Victoria's brother with whatever is going on, Lord, that you would heal him, Lord, and that everything would come back normal. Lord, we're praying for divine intervention on that. We also pray for Victoria with her epilepsy, God, that you would heal her, Lord. Um, we pray for uh, the continued uh, healing of um, those who are suffering from cancer in the Bible study, Lord. So many of them, Lord, and, and we just, we really need a miracle there. We're also praying for my mom, God, that you would touch her and her memory and, and what is going on in her life and her health and all the other issues that are affecting her and my aunt Gloria who is going to have heart surgery God that you would heal her um Lord that you would just touch and help the doctors to do all the right um things that they need to do as they prepare for surgery God because um this is an overwhelming thing to our family right now and, and we don't know how to pray but we put our prayer requesting you by faith because we know that you are the God who answers all prayer in Jesus' name, we pray for these things. Amen. Um, so tonight, we're back in the Gospel of Mark. And uh, before we do, uh, just want to clear up one more thing of housekeeping that came up. Um, every once in a while, uh, I demonstrate how completely flawed I am. And uh, I, I want to remind you that I'm a, a flawed individual who loves Jesus. Uh, I make mistakes all the time. And uh, one of the cool things that I have the privilege of, of being involved with is, is Brother Io from Mitsu Study, who will listen to the podcast and then gently and lovingly correct me when I make a mistake. And I made one on uh, Saturday night, and I want to correct myself. I mentioned, the ver I quoted a verse and I said it was from Ecclesiastes and I was dead wrong. It's actually, I got the verse right, wrong book of poetry. It's actually from Job 36.5. So Job 36.5, for those of you listening on the podcast and the, and the rebroadcast here of, of uh, um, the study that I did on Saturday, I apologize. Um, I did not realize I, I said it, I was saying it from memory. And uh, here's what the verse says. Indeed, God is mighty, but he despises no one. He is mighty in strength of understanding. He does not keep the wicked alive, but he grants justice to the afflicted. So we know that God is a, one who judges the wicked um, and gives justice to the afflicted. And so, uh, but he doesn't despise anyone because uh, he does not hate. And I, I want to bring this up in the same context. And Brother Io thought it would be a good idea for me to do that. Where we as believers do not believe that love is a feeling because the scripture tells us that love is an action. Love is patient. Love is kind. Uh, in the same way, hate is not a feeling as viewed by God. It's an action. Um, it's an action resulting because of wickedness. Um, and so... God detests that which separates us from him, which is sin. Uh, therefore, God goes out of his way to um, bring us out of sin because he loves us. He loves the whole world. And, and this is one of the, the fundamental things that I firmly believe in. God loves all mankind. 
That's why Jesus died for all mankind. And so he does a spectacular work to try to bring all men to him. He he has them born in a certain time, in a certain place, with boundaries, in a certain ethnicity, so they will seek after him and find him, the scripture says in, in the book of Acts. Um, in uh, John 16, he sends the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin before we're ever saved or before we ever believe in Jesus. Uh, and then he creates the godly sorrow that produces the repentance in us that leads us to our salvation in Jesus Christ because we confess with the mouth um, and we believe in our heart. And so this is an important aspect of who God is and how great God is in our lives. So all that to say, I apologize that I am deeply flawed and got the verse right, just not where it was. And uh, we all make mistakes, but I wanted to correct myself because I want to be accurate in the truth of God's word. And I thank Brother Io for correcting me on that. Let's go ahead and begin where we are tonight in our scripture reading. And um, we will uh, go from there, starting in Mark chapter 9, verses 42 through 50. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If you, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell and to the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame, rather than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have, have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. May the Lord bless the reading of his scripture. All right. Well, tonight we're asking the question, is a lack of love your biggest issue in your life? Is this what's really affecting everything around you? We want to examine that thoroughly. And right now in Mark, this is where we're going to be diving into. So let's unpack the scripture and let's find out the answer to our question. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble. Here's the question that you need to ask as you're reading this. Why would you cause someone to stumble? What would be the reason that you would cause someone to stumble? And I've thought about this in my own life with my children um, where I've made mistakes as a parent, where I've been selfish, um, where I've maybe uh, in my youth 
drew them maybe away from God because of my own selfishness and my own behavior. And every time that I examined this question in my own life, I can tell you it was because of a lack of love. It was always a lack of love. When my marriage was falling apart and I was angry at God and I was arguing with him that I was a great Christian, what really God pointed out to me was that I was not a real disciple of Jesus. I was a disciple of man-made theology. But my biggest issue in all of that was a lack of love. And I began to really hold on to the verse. And it's a verse I quote often, so often that people are sick of it, which is John 13, 34 and 35, which says that a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. If you have love for one another, then the whole world will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And this is the commandment that Jesus gives us. It's love one another, right? It's the new commandment. And love should be the basis of it. So when we're asking the question here, okay, what causes someone to stumble? It's a lack of love. 80% of those who are on Instagram and YouTube and Twitter, who watch Bible studies, who go to live streams for Bible studies, they will admit to us that they are actually unchurched. We've done polls on this. We've seen polls on this, that they're unchurched. They don't go to church. When you ask them why they don't go to church, inevitably it comes about, well, church hurt. I got hurt inside the church. You know, I like Jesus. I love Jesus. It's the Christians I can't stand. Um, but the commandment that we have in the New Testament from Paul in the book of Hebrews in, in chapter 10 is that we go to church, we fellowship with one another. In fact, we're told, do not forsake the assembly of one another together. Why? Because we want to stir one another up in love and good works. Why? So that we're always paying attention to the when the Lord returns. Because what happens to people who don't fellowship with one another they forget that Jesus is coming back. And because they forget that, they forget to love one another and encourage one another in good works. And so it's important to love. So here Jesus is saying, look, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone was hung around his neck and they were thrown into the sea. And Jesus begins to this diatribe of talking about what is going on in, in their life and what destructive nature they might have that is causing others to stumble in their walk with God. But it's all stemming from a lack of love. Now, we want to look at some scriptures here. The first one that we come to is Matthew 25, 45 through 46. And he shall answer them saying, Verily I see unto you inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these ye did, not to me, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but, but the righteousness into life eternal. Now what is this saying? Let's, let's clean it up a little bit. Let's look at this from the non-KG translation. Then he answered them, and I tell you the truth, just as you 
did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. And these will depart into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because the lack of love and the lack of obedience in our faith towards God is a sign, is a sign that maybe we aren't saved. It's a sign. And I say maybe because sometimes at different points, maybe we're struggling with it. And I'm not here to call that we lose our salvation. No, that's not what I'm saying. Look, and I'm going to get to this in a moment. The once saved, always saved crowd is going to cry out and say, wait a minute, he's talking about salvation lost. No, I'm not. I'm not. Because I believe in eternal security. I don't think you can lose your salvation. I want to make that very clear. What I'm saying, the bigger question you need to ask yourself is not, am I, is it once saved, always saved? Is, am I truly saved in my walk with Jesus? Because if I'm truly walking with Jesus and I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, then I should produce the evidence of love and obeying God. It should come natural to me because I am no longer in the flesh, but I am in the, walking in the spirit. And this should be the evidence. And that's what Jesus is arguing here. He's not arguing salvation loss. He's actually saying eternal security here. But he's saying that if you think you're saved, you better pay attention to what's really important because if you love me, then you're going to keep my commandments. And you're going to walk consistently in love towards others. What's the greatest commandment? The scribe asked Jesus. And Jesus responded to them, to the scribe. He said, Hear, O Israel, there is one God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others. And what Jesus was giving back to the scribe wasn't really a commandment, it was love. But it's based in the obedience of what a Christian should do, which is the new commandment that Jesus gave, that to love one another, by this you will be known as a disciple. Oh, I just brought it back to John 13, 34 and 35. So he's telling us love, right? In fact, one of the cautions that Paul gives us is actually found in Romans 14, 13. And this is kind of an important verse that, that we come to in, in there. And that is, um, it's telling us that we don't be so quick to judge everyone. Don't be so quick to judge. Because you may bring the judgment on you and you don't want to do that. And that's kind of the gist of it. But pay attention to what's going on here. He's telling you, don't cause these people to stumble. And then he uses three examples that we're going to be looking at. One is the hand. Don't let your hand commit sin. Then he says, don't let your feet cause you to sin. And then he says, don't let your eyes cause you to sin. Now, this is important because you don't want your hands to go where they don't belong, to touch things that you don't want to do. You don't want to touch things that are unclean as a believer in Jesus Christ, right? And you don't want your feet to quickly go where angels fear to tread. You don't want to run into sin all the time. And this is what he's describing. And then you don't want your eyes to look at that which you shouldn't look at. And we talked about this all last week. We use the theme from 2 Peter chapter 2, 
where Lot's soul was tormented day by day what he saw and what he heard, right? And sometimes what we see causes us to sin. Pornography is a great example of that. So we don't want to touch that which defiles us. We don't want to run into sin. And we don't want to look at those things that causes us to sin. And this is why Jesus is telling us here, look, it's better that you, you know what, cut off one of your hands and that you're maimed, that you enter into life. Now notice this. I want to emphasize this for those people who think I'm talking about salvation loss here. He's telling you it is better for you to enter into life. What life? Eternal life. Maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. So he's telling you that hell is a place that will never be quenched. In fact, we we read that verse earlier and it describes that you have two eternities, a choice of eternal damnation and the other one is eternal life. One is eternal death and the other one is eternal life. So we come to this and we see this and it's a, a very powerful picture that Jesus is giving us here. Now it's also interesting because this whole idea that Jesus is talking about here in Mark chapter 9 verses 42 and uh, through 50 kind of describes a picture for us of the Apostle Paul. And I want to remind you this is something that Paul talks about in Acts chapter 26, 11, as recorded by Luke. He gives you his statement of facts. He is giving you his eyewitness testimony to the facts of how he met Jesus Christ. In Acts 26, verse 11, I punished them often in all synagogues. He's describing his persecution of the Christians and tried to force them to blaspheme. Because I was so furiously enraged. Now, this is interesting because Paul is telling here in this passage of Acts, I had hatred for them. It was, I was furiously enraged. Wow. The wrath of man enraged at them. I went to persecute them even in foreign cities. While doing this very thing, as I was going to Damascus with the authority and complete power from the chief priests, about noon along the road, your majesty, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining everywhere around me and those traveling with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you hurting yourself? By kicking against the goads. <laughs> That's a great statement that Paul is describing there. He, Jesus is asking him, why are you persecuting me? And why are you hurting yourself in this persecution? Because you're setting yourself up to eternal damnation. Because you are handling the wrong thing. You are running towards sin and death. And you are seeing things that you shouldn't see. Because you haven't been looking on me, the one who you crucified with your sins. See, Paul was allowing his enraged curiosity to look at the law 
instead of looking at who Jesus was. He was going by the traditional Torah instead of what he should have been looking at. It's interesting that Jesus spoke to him in his thing in Aramaic. The Dead Sea Scrolls are in Aramaic. And it's interesting because he goes into Galatia after he gets his sight. He goes in the desert, according to the book of Galatians. He doesn't go to Galatia. I'm sorry, I just misspoke. He goes in the, according to the book of Galatians, he goes into the desert. And that's probably Qumran. And he studies there for three years in the desert. He looks at the scrolls of the Essenes, which were in Aramaic, most of them. And he studies them because he wants to know what he missed. He goes in a Pharisee and he comes out in a scene in his theology. It's very interesting. And so here he's got that eyewitness testimony. He's telling you, I went there to persecute. I went there to cause those who believe in Jesus to stumble. I tried to even force them to blaspheme, he says. So you have this picture of Paul in this. In this very statement, but something happens to Paul. Paul becomes saved and Paul becomes a servant. He goes from being this ruthless killer to becoming a servant who eventually dies for Jesus Christ. And it's in this that we think of 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am like a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. He's telling you that love is the proof of our salvation. It's the proof of it. And so when we look at this proof, we think about once again, Romans 4, 14, 13. Therefore, we must not pass judgment on one another, but rather determine never to place an obstacle or a trap before a brother or sister. So we don't want to pass judgment on one another, as I mentioned earlier in this passage, but we, but rather determine never to place an obstacle or a trap before a brother or sister. Don't cause church hurt. Don't cause church hurt. Love one another. Consider the other person better than yourself. Put them in a higher position over yourself. Be the servant that Jesus demonstrated to us and Paul became. That's what we need to look at as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Because if we don't, if we cause someone to stumble... What's our biggest issue? Then we have not love. We're a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal, and there's no fruit to our walk with Jesus. Now, I heard it said the other day that love was a work. It's not. The scripture doesn't say that. It says love is a fruit of the spirit. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. These are the fruits of the spirit. So don't be caught up in man-made theology. But remember that love is an action that comes about as a result of the Holy Spirit working within you because you are saved. If you're a person who has no love for anyone, no kindness, no joy, no peace, I'm going to challenge you tonight that you might be involved in a religion, but you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Once again, the question isn't once saved, always saved. The question is, is there any evidence that you really are saved? 
How do people know that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ? I tell people all the time, be the disciple. Don't worry about once saved, always saved. Go be the disciple of Jesus Christ. Follow Jesus in every aspect of your life. And you don't need to ask that question, once saved, always saved. It's an irrelevant argument because you're too busy focusing on loving God and loving others and being the disciple that Jesus called you to be, that you don't care because you know where your eternal security is. You know that you're eternally secure. Um, here's another important scripture. I'm gonna read it once again um, because of my dyslexia. I, I had it in the KGV, but I'm stumbling really bad tonight with my, my eyesight. So I'm gonna read it to you in another translation just for ease, even though I'm a real big New King James guy. For it is right, for is it for it is right for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you? Yes. So God is saying, right in this passage, for it is right for God to repay to repay with affliction those who afflict you. And to you who are being afflicted to give rest together with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. With flaming fire, he will mete out punishment on those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will undergo the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his strength. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. This is so important. He's telling you right here, in verse 8, he's saying he will mete out punishment on those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So a sign of not knowing God is also not obeying. Now this sounds very familiar from last week, the passage in which we talked about, Lord, Lord, we cast demons out in your name. We prophesied, we healed the sick in your name. And Jesus said, depart from me, you who practice iniquity, I know you not. I don't know you. Why? They called him Lord, 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 Lord. They thought they were saved. They thought they were once saved, always saved. But they weren't because they were practicers of iniquity and they did not know the Lord. Key here, key here. It's not, once again, it's not about once saved, always saved. The question you need to ask yourself is really, am I living out the life of a disciple? Do I have love in my heart for others? Am I doing that? It's not a work-based salvation. And I, and I want to correct that right away. What I'm talking about is the evidence that you're saved. If you don't have that evidence that you're saved, then God is saying, I'm going to have you prosecuted. There's no evidence of your salvation. You've just been giving lip service. And that's dangerous. Look, I want to point out one more thing from this passage in Thessalonians, if you don't mind, just to give you something interesting. I'm going to read it from the New King James one more time. In uh, this is Second Thessalonians, chapter one. Listen to this very clearly in how the New King James has it. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, I want you to circle tribulation. 
and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. This is a really interesting passage because if you read it very carefully, he's telling that the wicked will be repaid with the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation, the wrath of God, right? The wrath of Jesus will be on there. The seals, the bulls, all that will come. And then he says, and to give you who are troubled rest with us. Paul's saying with us. He's talking to the future church saying, you're going to have rest with us. Why? Because we'll be resurrected from the dead in our new bodies, right? He's saying when Christ is revealed, the revelation, when it, whenever the New Testament talks about revealing Christ, it's talking about the rapture. When it talks about Jesus coming, it's talking about the second coming. This is a great verse. So remember that for all of you who love Bible prophecy, this is a great verse to look at and study on your own. Um, and I, I really appreciate everyone who's paying attention and I, I see your, your comments and everything. So thank you. Now I want to bring you one more thing to think about in this passage as we're getting there. When you look at this passage, it's clearly outlined that you either have a love for God or you have a love for the world, right? He's telling you that if your love for God, you have nothing to worry about in this passage. But if you have a love for the world, well then you're doomed. If you're running with your hands and your feet and your eyes, you're doomed. And there's a, a fiery furnace awaiting you. First John warns us of this. In First uh, John 2.15, he says this very cl clearly. And I want to read this. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep, and I'm going to start in verse four, does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way which he walked. And how did Jesus walk? He walked in love. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Right? That's how God demonstrated his love for us. Now, this is interesting because when we come on to verse 15, it says this, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So two things. The love of the Father is not in this person who loves the world. Why? Because you cannot serve two masters. You either love Jesus or you love the world. You can't serve two masters. So allow the love of the Father to be in you by not loving the things of this world. Let the desires of this world pass away in your life. Crucify the flesh within you, deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And then finally, we come to verse 49. And this isn't one of those passages that torments Bible scholars. Because when you first read it, you actually think this is talking about salvation loss, right? 
Let's read it one more time. Verse 49 and 50. For everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another, right? And people take the passage of you are the salt of the earth, right? So they go, see, this proves salvation loss. And they take this scripture right here and they go, this proves it. Well, eternal security abounds even more because that is not what this passage is talking about. It's not talking about salvation loss. In fact, let me tell you what it's actually talking about. You have to go back to the Old Testament and you have to go to Leviticus chapter two to understand what this is talking about. And I'm gonna highlight a couple of things from the book of Leviticus for you. So bear with me, I'm not here to have you fall asleep. Okay, the book of Leviticus is actually very, very exciting. One of the reasons why we need to know the Old Testament especially is to know what the feasts are. And the feasts in the book of Leviticus uh, that is clearly outlined here, one of the feasts that we're going to talk about right now is the grain offering feast. And what is the grain offering? Okay, The grain offering feast was instructed by God because it was to be done out of free will and it was a form of worship. The grain offering represented your worship to God after you gave the sin offering, right? Which had to be done. For those of you who uh, want to look at this real quick, the sin offering, it is an offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd. Let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting before the Lord. Right, at the door of your tabernacle, at the door of your temple, right? Behold, Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens up the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. At the door of your salvation, you have to offer the sin offering of your own free will. Repentance, in other words. This is repentance. So the grain offering represents worship, okay? It represents the worship that you have for God after he has saved you from your sins. You give thanks, right? Now, here's the cool thing. In verse 13 of chapter two of Leviticus, it says, and every offering of your grain offering, you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all of your offerings, you shall offer salt. Now, why? What does this represent? What does the salt represent? It represents love. Love. And so, um, yes, I see that prayer request and we will, uh, we will definitely take that prayer request. Um, absolutely, when I end. It is love. So love is what the grain offering represents. So Jesus is not talking about salvation loss. He's actually talking about your love. He says, for everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice is seasoned with love. So uh, what's the fire there? It's the Holy Spirit. Every believer is seasoned by the Holy Spirit that comes in and dwells within us. 
And in the first fruit of the Spirit is love. And love is good, right? If you change that word from salt to, to love, it's good. But if you lose your love, how will you have the ability to accomplish anything? How can you season the world for Christ if you don't have love? You're a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. There's no love found in you whatsoever. And this is where 1 Corinthians 13 comes in, right? Finally, brothers and sisters, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, I mean, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, set things right, be encouraged, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Why? If you're pursuing peace, what are you doing? You're loving people. It's love. So have love in yourselves and have peace with one another. Salt equals love. And we come back to John 13, 34 and 35 again. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another even as I have loved you. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So to understand this, these two verses here, what Jesus is talking about when he says you're the salt of the earth and when he talks about that you can lose your saltiness, he's not talking about salvation loss. He's talking about love in your life. You can't lose your love for one another if you're in Christ. Love has to be among all things in your relationship as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus. Because love is patient, it's kind, it endures all things, it bears all things. First Corinthians 13 tells us. So love is good. In fact, Ephesians 4 uh, two through six says this with all humility and gentleness with patience. Remember, love is patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Love pursues peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Wow. And then how about this one? Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. You must put away every kind of bitterness, anger, wrath, quarreling, and evil slander talk. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Well, how do you put aside bitterness, anger, wrath, and quarreling, and evil, and slandering talk? By loving your neighbor, and loving God. Your salt is your love. That's it. Your salt is your love. Look, I, I want you to understand this is one of those most important things that you can do. And here's, here's, a, here's something I want to end with. If any of you have a grievance against one another, how dare he go to the law before an unrighteous person instead of before the saints? We as Christians are supposed to resolve everything with one another. You got church hurt? I get it. I have church hurt. I grew up in the church. Believe me, my church hurt, I can, I can stack it up higher than yours. I promise you, I can. But I don't take that church hurt to the law of man. I take it to God. And I take it 
I've learned to take it to other saints, to, to go to them one-on-one. And here's why. Paul is saying this in 1 Corinthians 6, 2. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not, not know that we will judge the angels? How much more the things of this life? He's saying, look, we should be competent because we've been given a responsibility that when one day we will stand with Jesus, Jesus and judge the world and the angels. Now, this is a great thing because I love this because Jesus told the people of Nineveh, you will one day stand in judgment over the Pharisees, telling them your eternal salvation is secured because you're going to. Jesus said that of, of the people of Nineveh. In fact, he told the Pharisees, they're going to sit in judgment over you because they at least understood repentance. They understood who they, who what they were doing and, and the God they were going to serve, which is a great argument why repentance is not a work of man but repentance is a work of God because their salvation was spiritual and physical. The city was saved physically, but they were saved spiritually. How do we know that? Because they will sit in judgment one day over the Pharisees, judging with us. And so repentance is a work of God done through us that leads us to our salvation. Remember that. That is found in 2 Corinthians uh Chapter 7, verses uh, 9 through 11. For godly sorrow produces repentance that leads to salvation. All of this, all of this is bound in love. It's bound in love. And I think the biggest issue that is affecting us right now as the body of Christ is to love one another. We need to love one another. Sorry, the bug flew right by me. Um, we need to love one another. We need to have love for one another. And I think that that is so important. We want to change the world. Be the disciple of Jesus Christ. Love God and love others. Be kind, be patient. Put on the fruits of the Spirit. And stop getting mesmerized by these, I don't know, theologies that are man-made. Repentance is a work. No, if you love God, you want to repent. You know, love is a work. No, it's not. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You know, let us move on from the elementary principles of milk, as Hebrews would say. Let's get on from it. Let's get back into the meaty things. Let's learn how to love one another as Christ loved us. A sacrifice. We've got a few minutes and we're going to take a prayer request uh, and we're going to pray for some people and I'm going to bring on um, Raf Shear. And uh, let me do that. Bring her on. There you are. Hey. Hi. As you know, it's a kind of late on the East Coast, but I really wanted to pray tonight. 
Yep, and we have a prayer request, and it is for. I'm gonna scroll back up there. I want to see what it is for. It's by Andrea. Andrea is asking prayer for Emilio, and he is. Um, he's struggling uh, and is calling in his life, and uh, she's asking for prayer for Emilio. We're gonna pray for Emilio. Um, we're also, you know, we're gonna pray for. Um, Victoria's brother, um, uh, a guy at work. I pray for him today. Is a he's a um, he was delivering food to my boss, um, and he's, he's a really neat Chinese guy. I met him a bunch of times. He's always the same guy, but he's got um, looks like polyps on his colon, and we need to pray for him as well. And so um, I've got all these prayer requests tonight, and we're just going to lift them up in prayer. And Rafshir, thank you for agreeing to be two or more gathered. And let's just pray and end the night with, uh, we'll start with Emilio and then and keep on going, okay? Okay, so I have Emilio um, and then, um, what's, what's that individual's name? Do you know his name uh, with the polyps? Um, you know what? I can't remember for the life of me right now. It's late at night and my brain's not working. I was trying to think of it. Um, but um, we'll just keep him in prayer and I, his name just okay. slipped me. Um, and I, I forgot completely. Okay, um, and your and your mother and your aunt, just to make sure. Yeah, my mother and my aunt, and then please pray pray for Victoria's brother who's going some through some things. They they might they think it might be cancer, but they're not sure. Okay, leukemia. Okay. All right. Thank you, Father God. Thank you so much for bringing us together tonight um, over tonight's Bible study, Lord. Um, we want to uh, start off in Thanksgiving and um, being able to. To, to walk the narrow path, Lord. Um, we pray um, in thanksgiving for your presence. We pray in thanksgiving for your presence. And we pray right now that anyone that is listening to this Bible study, me, Brother Stefan, for the presence of God to be with us, around us, and within us, be stirred up as we pray for our brothers and sisters tonight, Lord. Um, we want to start off in prayer um, for Emilio. Emilio is... Uh, uh, struggling right now a little bit on his faith journey. Lord, you know his heart. You know exactly what he's going through. We pray that that you touch his heart with the Spirit of God, Lord. You touch his heart and you fill him with your spirit and your conviction and your love, Lord. Allow uh, um, the love within him to, to really bring him to the calling that he needs to be walking with, Lord. We pray that you rebuke any, any uh, spirit holding him back of confusion or deception that might be that might be blocking him from his calling right now lord we pray that um him and andrea can can work together in union and in love to to come together and to to get to know you better lord and we also want to keep in prayer um the individual with uh, polyps in his colon um mm -hmm. we pray for divine healing lord we, we pray for divine healing in his colon right now. Let the polyps shrink in size and completely be removed in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray that, that we pray that he's able to experience no pain. The inflammation go down in the name of Jesus. Any nerve irritation that might be happening for it to be gone in the name of Jesus. We pray, we pray that he is divinely healed, Lord. We also want to pray that um, uh, Victoria's brother that uh, is going through a cancer possible diagnosis with leukemia. 
we once again want to come to you at your footstool, Lord, and we pray that you heal his body of any cancer cells that there might be, Lord. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, we we pray that you pour your spirit into him and over him and each cell in his body, each blood cell that is affected by this cancerous disease, for it to be gone in the name of Jesus. We, we, we believe, Lord, we, we have faith in your divine healing, and we know your spirit can work all miracles in this space, Lord. We want to we continue for pleading the blood of Jesus over him, Lord. And we also want to pray for Brother Stefan's um, Brother Stefan's uh, mother, who is currently going through um, health afflictions as well, just continued prayer, continued prayer for clarity in the mind, Lord. We pray for clarity in the mind. Let the mind be covered in your spirit and in your blood, Lord, for, for her mind to be renewed into the mind of Christ. Let the mind of Christ come upon her and, and, and her heart and her mind and her entire body be renewed in your spirit, in your love, in your peace, in your joy, Lord. Allow that to happen for her, Lord. And we and we also pray for um, Brother Stefan's aunt, um, which I'm forgetting exactly what the ailment is. But heart surgery. She's going to have heart surgery. Heart surgery. Okay, Father God, we pray. We go into prayer once again. We we we, we plead and beg, Lord. We we go to your foot footstool and we and we ask that that for her heart surgery, allow there to be no complications, Lord. Allow there to be clarity in, in this entire surgery, Lord. Allow a, a, any sort of anesthesia that's going to be placed in for it to go smooth and well, Lord. For her to go into anesthesia and out of anesthesia without any complications, Lord. And no other things affect this entire surgery. If there's any blood loss, let it be minimal, Lord. Do not allow the blood loss to, to drain her, Lord. And we pray that that the heart surgery that needs to take place for all the vessels and all the valves and all the heart arteries and, and nerves, for all of them to be sound and kept intact, there be no complications, and there be an overflowing of your healing as Jesus' hands, as the surgeon that he is, comes in and he heals with his hands. Lord, he is the great physician he is the great physician in this entire set of prayers and not only for the healing that all these uh, these individuals need and and endurance and love we we, we also pray for protection for the great works mm -hmm. that uh that Brother Stefan and Brother Ayo are continuing to do on this Bible study as I, as you know, Father God, was led here as well to, to, to know the gospel at a time where I did not know the gospel. And in that, I give thanksgiving for sound doctrinal knowledge, Lord. I pray for protection over Brother Stefan and Brother, Brother Ayo that they be they covered with the blood of Jesus Christ and their hearts and their minds continue to be pressed with the Spirit of God and, and to be renewed in the spirit of God for they for them to experience the love and the joy and, and allow them to continue in long suffering through faith Lord through the faith that they've seen through the changes that they've seen through the Holy Spirit that they have seen in witness and the miracles they have seen in witness happening all around them let their minds focus on these things as they endure trials Lord we pray for your, your spirit of love to to 
to about in their in their heart and cover them and cover everyone in this entire Bible study. Let us be lifted. Let us be rejoicing. Let us let us love one another and let us continue to fall in love with you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, I I also want to cover Emilio. I want to pray for this marriage, God, that you would strengthen it, that you would. Um, be at the center of it, God, and you would pour love into it, Lord, a supernatural love for both Amelia and, and Andrea, that they would um, come together even stronger, Lord, um, that you would straighten them out on this call because you discipline those you love and that you do not want anyone to fall away, God, and stumble. And so I just ask that, Lord, that he would remember to know who you are in his life and he would turn to you and he would repent of his sins and he would come back to you, oh Lord, and 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 cry out for mercy, God. And Lord, I, I also pray that um, for Gloria, um, who's having the surgery, um, that you would be with her, that you would provide peace for her as she's going, um, uh, probably really stressed out and full of anxiety about having open heart surgery, uh, that you would give her peace and that you would give her love during this time, that you would allow her to be a witness to the doctors and those around her. Pray for my mom's memory, God, as she is really struggling with issues and and. Um, she's having heart issues as well, God, and, and oxygen in the brain and, and everything, God. And I just pray that you would just heal her in the name of Jesus, that you would allow her to get through this time that she has left on this world as, as she has been here for almost 91 years, God, that you would allow her to have it with dignity. And, and she has been a follower of yours all her her life, God. Give her the strength to make it through it, the last little bit that she needs to run on her race. And I, I pray for Victoria's brother, God, and, and I pray for um, healing with Victoria of her epilepsy in the name of Jesus. And I speak to it to be gone. And I speak that all cancer would be gone from her brother, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I pray for um, the, the, the gentleman that owns the delicatessen that delivers the, the food to, to my boss in the mornings, Lord, that, um, that you would heal him of his cancer. Lord, and I thank you that I got the chance to pray over him today, and he was um, just in, in shock of it, Lord, and um, he was very grateful to it. He came back to me later and mentioned that, and I, I just pray, God, that you would allow that prayer to be a healing prayer so that he would know at all moments of his life that you are God, Lord, that you would get the glory for it, not me, but that you would get the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, um... One last quick reminder for everyone, because we've got just a minute here. I want to remind you that um, we'll be back on tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, going through First Samuel. Then Wednesday, I will be here live. We'll be topical Thursday. We're moving it to Wednesday. And then Friday Night Prophecy will actually be Thursday Night Prophecy, but it will be at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, an hour early on Thursday. Please don't forget. Um, share that with all your friends. And... Uh, I hope you got a lot out of this Bible study. I hope it enriched you. Um, I, I so much meat and potatoes. I, I couldn't get to it all. Actually, I ran out of time. But um, there's a lot of good stuff. Go back and listen to it a second time. Thank you all. God bless you. And good night.